What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Doing well. I hear you're cracking a brew over there. <laughs> but not nah, doing well, man. This is the second meaning of binge. Really, really excited, you know, to talk this week, continuing the list, talking some Jupiter's legacy. But I'm also excited. We found a new app, Letterbox, which y'all all should go follow us on. I'm, I'm Lynn BWT. Where, where do they follow I'm Adam you? BWT. Oh, Adam B. Y'all make sure y'all go follow us on Letterbox for movies that we don't get to talk about on this show or run it back. You get our full thoughts. It's movies and TV. I haven't done any TV yet. Yeah. I've done yeah, just did My Hero. No, I did the My Hero movie. Mm. See, I haven't done right, any right. TV yet. Just done strictly movies, but that'll come. Also, May 22nd, the next pitch it match is set between Twitch streamer Cash Carbon and the co-host of the One Piece reviews with me, Christian Hollinger. May 22nd, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure y'all tune in. It's going to be a dope match. But other than that, uh, yeah, man, doing well. I don't know. Yeah. What have you been watching recently? Yeah, well, that's why I'm really excited about Letterboxd because now since I'm doing this movie list, it kind of helps me keep track of things and what I've watched and uh, this week, I finished out the pre-2000 Alien movie. So I watched okay. Alien 3, David Fincher's movie, and then I watched Alien Resurrection, uh, which I found to be both bad in a campy way and also great in uh, in a storytelling way. Yeah, you so, seem hype on it. You, you've been talking to yeah. pre-pro about this movie. Like, you're loving it. I love it. Like, uh, I tweeted last night that the basketball scene... And, and it is hilarious. It's the only alien movie that could be a sports movie. <laughs> they got they got Ridley in here just dunking on Ron Perlman and stuff like that. It's, it's hilarious. I, we, that's fucking strange. It, it's it's hilarious. Um, but it's it was a pretty cool movie. I uh, watched Chasing Amy, which might uh, be up there now for one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies. Has a okay. uh, has a really good message that. Uh, you know, men our age and a little younger really could learn a lot from. Mm, okay. I don't know. I don't know how much it, that it was a 97 movie. So I don't know how much that translates to like the LGBTQ community now because it is sort of an LGBT movie. Um, but I think that, you know, from a straight male's perspective, you learn a lot. Um, mm, okay. From, okay. from relationships and friendships and, and all that. I might have to check um, that out. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's funny too. I mean, you know, Jason Lee, Ben Affleck, you know, Kevin Smith and, and uh, Jay, you know, Jay and Silent Bob, yeah. they make an appearance. Um, so that's one that I enjoyed. I watched Tootsie, the Dustin Hoffman, 1983 Oscar nominated film where he pretends to be a woman to get a job uh, at a soap opera. Hilarious. Nice. nice. Uh, I watched this movie called The Client, okay. starring Susan Sarandon. It's a, uh, I think it's a, a Grisham novel, maybe, Ooh, or okay. Dan Brown. But um, it's a, it's about a boy who witnesses a suicide, and before the guy commits suicide, he tells him where like the body of a U.S. senator that was murdered is buried, and so it's like the kid has the burden of having this information on him. People are trying to kill him. People are trying to get him to give them the information. Susan Sarandon plays his lawyer. Tommy Lee Jones mm-hmm. plays a cr- prosecutor. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, Shit. I, yeah, I watched and, uh, Boogie Nights for the first time, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I got to watch that. 
It, crazy movie, man. Mark Wahlberg, porn. It's fucking weird and wild, but it's a good movie. I can't I can't say that. Also been watching Parental Control mm. and Bad Girls Club. The Bad mm. Girls Club. It, it Great reality trash television. If you want to watch some ladies just fight, absolutely great. Oh, also watch Tinker Taylor Soldier with, uh, with uh, Gary Oldman. Mm. Thought it was the other pretty one... good. A little boring. Little boring, but it's a spy movie and it's about real spies. But if you want to watch that, it's a spy show or anything spy related. You should watch The Bureau on Amazon Prime. It's absolutely phenomenal. All right. Two other things I can think of before we get into the things. Dangerous liaisons I watched, but I'll talk about that later in the show. Okay. And um, the second one I watched was this movie called uh, gosh, uh, Insomnia. It's Al Pacino, Robin Williams. I know exactly I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Did you like it? It was all right. Yeah, it's not the greatest movie. Just Robin Williams, Al Pacino doing their thing. And by that point, Al Pacino's kind of, you know, checked out of the game. <laughs> that's so. that's fair. And, you know, I felt like Robin Williams did a really good job. Furthermore, she proves the points that I thought I put out in the, uh, the act. I had him on the list. <laughs> you just wanted him higher. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still hold you to the Brad Pitt disrespect. I'll never let you live that down. That's fair. But That's fair. Uh, but be man, whenever you're ready, we got a lot of notes and a lot of stuff to cover. I'm ready whenever you are. Yep, I'm ready. Let's get going. So the first thing is something that I think uh, we might need to apply for the legends of the hidden temple revived as a competition for adults on the CW Uh, per the log line, the legends of the hidden temple remake will preserve many of the Nickelodeon series, iconic elements, including Olmec, the the giant talking Mayan head, the moat crossings, the steps of knowledge, the temple run and all the original team names, purple parrots, blue barracudas, orange iguanas, red jaguars, silver snakes, green the monkeys. blue barracudas. That was my squad. Yep. This time, the entire show was taken out of the safety of a studio setting and into a mysterious oh, jungle with tougher challenges and oh, bigger God. prizes. <laughs> Five teams begin the journey, but only one is strong enough and smart enough to enter the ominous Olmec, Olmec's temple, avoid the temple guards, retrieve a lost treasure, and return it to its rightful owner. Oh, man. Um, that's well, that sounds like it's about to be almost survivor esque. It does. It and sounds and like it, I feel like Queeby, I feel like CW bought this from like all the Queeby stuff that was like left mm-hmm. out. I feel like they bought it from them, and that's how Queeby's making their money, but, selling all their problems. But they were going to do it as a kids re- reboot. Mm, okay. Now it's going to be for the, for um, adult contestants. And when I first told this to my girlfriend Camille, she said they need to invite the kids who were winners in the past mm, to come that, do it on. And I thought That'd that be a was a pretty, pretty good idea. And pretty interesting concept. Look, I'd apply for this because I want because I'd want to apply and get on. But yeah, I, I, I try. I gotta see how it is first, that. though, with that with the jungle thing, man. Because like a real jungle is crazy. Like how deep, how 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 insane are they going with this? Like before I apply. And speaking of applying for game shows, my mom applied for Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she she got emailed today from them, and she's waiting to find out if she's gonna get selected. That's awesome. Yeah, so my mom might be on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> uh, we might have to interview her then. Yeah, yeah. If she if she makes it, you know, we'll bring her on the yeah. show. Talk I want to know her what about, that's all about. About Pat Sajak and uh, Vanna White, you know, classic game show. But shout the out game to the show process. Simple. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, shout, but shout out to this. This should be cool. I'll definitely... CW needs some content, and I'll watch this. 
So yeah, I'm not watching the like DC the kind stuff. of content that CW wants to put out that people would actually be interested in watching. If they low-key became the game show channel, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> that would be a, a good pivot for them. Because I am I want the newlywed game back or like uh, the boyfriend-girlfriend game. Change it up. Because I've been telling yeah. Curse, like, I always tell Curse things like, oh, this is my favorite this in case we ever go on a game show. Because, like, that is my ideal one day to go on a game show and insight knowledge about our relationship. <laughs> I think hey, we'd win. You know, I'm, I, I used to love the newlywed show. I mean, I also think that if you're going to revamp old Nickelodeon stuff, bringing back Double Dare and really doing it right would be... Um, a really big guts, really big show. <laughs> guts would be guts, huge yeah. today. It would be the it'd be the challenge, but like crazy. Yeah, that's the only two I can think of right now. In terms of like Nickelodeon it. game shows, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right, next up we got um, Mark Millar had the his release of Jupiter's Legacy, which we will talk about later in the show. But in a blog post on Thursday, Millar shared that Magic Order is back on track after the streamer opted last year not to move forward. Let's fucking go. Magic Order's t- an even better comic than Jupiter Legacy, in my opinion. I'm super excited about this. Uh, the iteration that's been in the works, it's coming back. So some time away has given us the chance to come back with a completely fresh look at the material, and we should be getting into our new writer's room very shortly. He wrote, next, Millar revealed that he's working on a new spy comic and live action series, though he was mum about the exact details. We're hard at work on a six-episode live action spy series right now. My first since Kingsman, but a very different kind of property. He wrote the writer is someone I've been a massive fan of for two decades, and he's the first person I approach. This is the potential to be one of the biggest franchises ever created. Millar also announced that he has an anime adaptation of Super Crook set to launch the first year at uh, the Annecy Festival. He's also developing American Jesus, and Prodigy is also in development right now, which is the uh the spy series about the African-American prodigy. I wonder if that's going to be the spy series that is the TV show he's talking about. I think so because prodigy is absolutely amazing, but look, both prodigy I've read and uh, magic order. They're both better than Jupiter's legacy. In my opinion, they're great. And if these things get made, we're in for a treat. Yeah. I feel like, and this is a point that I feel like you made a while back was Mark Millar was going forward with Jupiter's legacy because it was the most marketable mm-hmm. to introduce people to the Millar comic verse. Yep. And so now he's going to have a, a little bit more leniency on bringing his properties in because we'll talk about Jupiter's legacy, but I would say it's been number one all week. So it's it's kinda, I'd say it's think success. Yep. And magic orders a better story and prodigy is just the type of action spy we need right now. Pretty much. You always talk about how America just needs to pick their version of James Bond and run with it. I think prodigy could be that having different black actors through the generation step into this role could be something special. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what some of this stuff is. I even read, uh, some of like the synopsis of like American Jesus, and that sounds pretty interesting. It's like a comedy, I think. I'm pretty sure. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it's like a a guy he come he gets in like an accident or whatever, and he's a 12 year old, and then finds out through the accident that he's actually Jesus mm, or something like that. Okay. Okay. But it it could be pretty funny. All right, depending on how they do it. Well, that's I, all I'm, I got. I'm wondering is if all of this is going to come out through Netflix. Maybe I well yeah it has to because he has a he has a first look deal with them. There you go. Yeah, so all the Millar stuff is gonna be Netflix, which they need. So 
Yeah. Um, but let's move to Hulu. Hulu has landed an upcoming nine-part docuseries chronicling the history of the Los Angeles Lakers. The series, which will debut in 2022, I believe, around the same time Last Dance did, like May-ish, mm, okay. uh, will follow the last four decades of the Lakers franchise and feature interviews with legendary players and coaches, including Magic Johnson, Shaq, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Phil Jackson, and Pat Riley. It will also mm-hmm. feature archival footage and never-before-seen interviews with the late Lakers owner, Jerry Buss, uh, starting with from Jerry Buss's ac- uh, the docuseries will start from Jerry Buss's acquisition of the Lakers in 1979. The docuseries will chronicle the team's championship-winning Showtime era, the incredible success of Kobe Bryant and O'Neal, and the rebirth of the team led by LeBron James. Uh, do you think they're covering too many decades? Uh, for a nine-part series now. Oh, oh yeah, it's nine parts. Okay, true. All right, well then, yeah, all right, I, I'm in for it because you know I always love sports docs as long as they do it right. You know, it, it definitely sucks that Kobe can't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're gonna like come across some interviews we maybe haven't seen before. Hopefully, or maybe they were working on this before he died. Maybe they were able to talk mm. to him about some some of the things or pull pull from past interviews where he talks about things that happen. But I would like to hear a little bit of Kobe's perspective um, when it comes to that time period. Uh, because I don't always trust Shaq to tell us things about Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> even though, even though they re- reconciled on TV, but they've reconciled on TV. They've had those conversations publicly way before his death. So maybe it'll be a little more accurate. I'm glad that happened because if it didn't and he did this, the last thing people would think of is Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. And it's like Shaq, bro. <laughs> Can't be having that. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And so, no, you're absolutely right. But good thing they reconciled. So hopefully that'll be okay. But I always love hearing about the Showtime era. And hopefully they're honest and talk about the cocaine usage in the NBA during that time. That would be interesting. Because um, that I've, was, unlike Jordan's era, that wasn't a thing. I feel like... <sighs> Since it's not based all on one player, they might be able to do something like that. Because I feel like, you know, with the last dance, Jordan was like, well, I mean, I'm going to talk about this. Yeah, we're not talking about shit. I don't want to. Yeah. But uh, maybe this will be a little bit different. We'll see. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't really like that they're including the LeBron deal. I feel like that's anything, my thing. That that's be why like I'm like. Episode. That's why I'm like, it's, are they spanning too many decades? Because, like, if they did want to give me a pretty in-depth deal about Like, LeBron's the still going. Like, what, like are we, what, are we, what are they doing? Well, I mean, if they wanted to, to talk about the acquisition of bringing in LeBron slash AD and then uh, the run last year, I'd be interested to hear about the run last year, mm-hmm. the COVID championship. I mean, I think that that is a pretty interesting topic, but I feel like it's a little too soon to talk about that. Mm, no, I agree. I agree with you 2000%. Like, like I said, they're still playing. So like, why, why are they getting a documentary about them? Like, I understand LeBron's LeBron, but like you said, that should only be an episode, if not half an episode. Yeah. Like the end. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially that Pat Riley. You're going to have to, you're going to have to re-say what you said because you froze for a little bit. Uh, Okay. Well, so we're, Talking about the docuseries moving into the HBO series about Mm. the Lakers and the Pat Riley era, Jillian Jacobs of Community and Wood Harris. Wait, Jillian Jacobs isn't uh, the girl from Workaholics? No, 
That's the she, Jillian Jacobs is the girl from uh, Community. She plays. Oh. She's watching. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see who she is. Well, what's Jillian's name? Because I know she's a Jillian. It's Jillian something. I don't know. It's not Jillian Jacobs. Oh. Uh, so Jillian Jacobs and Wood Harris, they're both going to join the, the cast. Uh, Jacobs is going to play Chris Riley, husband of Pat Riley, or mm. her husband, Pat Riley. Who's played, played by Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, it says her, her husband, Pat, might be the one wearing the whistle, but Chris Riley is the one with a plan. Yeah. Interesting. Um, therapist by trade, Chris Riley uses her emotional expertise and strat- strategic genius to help the Lakers and to help shape the Lakers and the champions. Okay. Wood Harris will appear as Spencer Haywood, who, uh, if anyone knows anything about basketball, you know that name. In 1970, mm-hmm. Spencer Haywood took the NBA to the Supreme Court, winning the right to join the league before graduating college, therefore paving the way for future greats like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, and even some of the other guys who are one and dones. Uh, but the groundbreaking court case also won him a label, Troublemaker. Haywood's willingness to fight for his rights uh, stymied the nine years of his the next nine years of his career. So nine years later, he joins the Lakers roster to and hope to reignite his hope for a championship. Uh, but first, you have to face his own demons. So that's I didn't what know Harris Spencer Harris. Haywood played with the Showtime Lakers. That's interesting. I'm excited for this. Wood Harris from Wire fame. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was uh, Avon Barksdale from the uh, New Edition show from yep. multiple things. Great, great actor. So love seeing him in this. Jillian Jacobs, Adrian Brody. This show is going to be amazing. HBO is putting everything at the wall because they realize how big this could be. Yeah, I'm wondering like what this is how this is going to go with that docuseries, because if they ran close to the same time, that'd be really interesting. I think it would, if it wasn't two different companies, you know? Yeah. But and then the other side of that is like, what would come first? So like, would I feel it like the documentary be, would, comes first? Would it be a detriment to either if the other came before it? Mm, I, okay. I'll put it like this. The documentary can come first and it will only elevate the TV show. But if the TV show, if the TV show drops first, it's going to take away eyes from the, uh, from the documentary. Cause people will be like, they've already seen it. And they could, they could want to see the real version. The if, real it's bad, version. if it's if bad, if it's bad, if it's bad. Yeah. But if it's good, I think it hurts the documentary. Maybe, but I think it's interesting that we're going to get two Lakers deals. I don't know when this HBO one's coming out, but I think it's next year. Yeah. I think they should start filming by the end of the Maybe, year. Yeah, so I guess that would be because they're still casting right now. So it probably yeah. would be after the documentary. That's what I'm saying. So, but all right, next up we got Hulu released its first look at Lily James and Sebastian Stan as Pamela Anderson, and Tommy Lee in the limited series Pam and Tommy. Seth Rogen also tweeted what he would look like as the series as the leaker of the sex tape. Yo, they look just like uh, Tommy Lee and uh, Pam Anderson, and Seth Rogen looks unrecognizable. Hulu's go- going for it, man, and I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking what Hulu's doing right now. I don't know. I when I first heard that this was going to be a show, I was like, "What well, do we really need this?" But you know, add, attaching the names that they've attached to it makes it a little bit more compelling. Also, so, it shows know. that Disney's letting the Fox people make whatever they want at Hulu. So true, and they're giving them access to some of their actors, actors, and good for Sebastian Stan because like he's a good actor. And if this works, I think that's going to get him more roles. 
because people don't need to see him as just the Winter Soldier guy. I'm also interested to see that you know that romantic movie that he has coming out too. See if that True. helps. I heard him that's out too. actually really good as well. So, yep. but shout out to this. All right, let's get to the trailers. Let's start off with Green Knight. Our guy Dev Patel looks super weird, but I'm in it. I'm in. I'm so interested, but it looks fucking weird and bald. Yeah, it looks like an A24 movie, right? Bro, what are those giant humans? I don't know, man. Those fucking titans. Clue. They look like Attack on Titan titans. And then you have the fucking wood monster with his head off. Dev Patel's burning at one point. Is he Sir Gwaine? Is he King Arthur? We look at him like he's a king later on. Who is who in this movie? I have no fucking idea, but I'm going to be in the theaters first thing to watch it. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in watching it, but there are there is a lot of question marks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been excited for this movie for a while, so I'm ready yes, to see have. it. Yes, we have. Exactly. The next trailer we have is The Quiet Place 2. I thought it was cool. You know, Quiet Place. It's a sequel, but also a prequel. Is this, you know, because... Uh, I was they wondering why John Krasinski, Krasinski was in it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's taking place right as everything was happening. Mm. That's what so wait, why is uh why is Peaky Blinders guy in there, Killian Murphy? I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch the first one, so I don't know. Mm. So it's one hundred percent a prequel. It could be flashing in between. That's what I think it is, because like I think they're gonna flash back, but then I think it's flash forward because all the Killian Murphy stuff. Interesting. I, I haven't yeah, seen the first one. Me neither. So <laughs> you know, we're not quiet place people. That's why I said you know whatever. Venom two. Look cool. Mm. <laughs> Only thing I liked is that they said the Avengers in it, so maybe this will be part of the multiverse, which could give yeah. us Spider-Man and, and Venom. Was, and then there were like some hints into like the same Daily Bugle paper as the Spider-Man series, the Raimi series. So it's yep. like that connected. And, and they um, had the uh, they had the word the Avengers on the fucking uh, newspaper. They did. So, who they did, knows? So, who knows? But I mean, like, I just don't know about. This, this movie, movie. Like, I didn't like the I, first I, one I liked either. The first one. I, I thought the first one was average. Yeah, but this one I feel like they're doing a little too much, and it's just it's just hard for me <laughs> to, to to see Venom and in, in this way without this way. yeah, man. And I, like, and I don't like. I'm starting to not like the. Enough. I don't know if I like the Tom Hardy Venom voice. At least the trailer definitely didn't make me like it. The fucking comedy they were trying to go for with him making breakfast and I'm gonna kill you, Mrs. Chin. I, See, like, I didn't. I, I like the I'm gonna kill you, Mrs. Chin thing, but like I didn't like that breakfast deal. I'm like, me neither. I didn't like any of this. It seemed all corny. And like uh, Andy Circus is directing this. I thought it was gonna be interesting. I'm not feeling it as of now. Maybe that's yeah. just us. I don't know. And, and this keeps getting pushed back too, so. Uh, yeah. But there are some trailers besides Green Knight that we are high on. It's the next one, Panic. This shit surprised the hell out of me. I was like, what's she really got me about to watch? And Panic was this, this girl is competing in these death-defying stunt games that are in this small town. It reminds me of dollars. It does, but it seemed, it's more realistic though. Yeah. And I and I and I loved it. So I'm interested in it. And that. it's very exclusive to just this town. It's not like a social media thing. It's not a worldwide uh, thing. It's not mm-hmm. like millions of dollars. Like it's fifty thousand dollars for this town, and the town's cops are trying to solve who's doing this because they're killing people. Yeah, and then but then we find that the people who are contestants are like, wow, this might actually be fixed. This might be like a conspiracy. Like, yeah. So so two different directions of mystery that you really kind of want to see solved. And this is an Amazon prime show and Amazon's killing it. So I'm definitely going to watch this. 
Yeah. Um, In the let's, next- move, let's, let's talk about the other Amazon Prime show, Solos. Oh, that looked pretty reason, good. Yeah, the only reason to put it in here is that she about pandemic to say about- because... Oh, wait, you froze again. Oh, I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if they shot solos during the pandemic. Because mm, they're all uh, by themselves. It is all mostly by themselves. Um, but based upon the star power behind it, I think is interesting. But other than that, I kind of think it's going to be boring. That's the only reason why I thought it looked pretty good is because all the different star power. And I'm interested to mm-hmm. like what connects them all. But you you don't like this already because it has Anne Hathaway in it. You hater. <laughs> I watch Anne Hathaway movies. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> you, you do not like Anne. I didn't or say Anne, I liked her. Or what's her name? Uh, Annie? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Annie. I'm sorry. <laughs> look, see, go, look how you just rolled right your her. eyes. You do not you do not fuck with Anne Hathaway. Uh but so it's her, Helen Mirren, Anthony Mackie. Uh and you know I'm a big name? Anthony Mackie game guy right now. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Big fan uh, of him as well. Constance Wu. Big fan of her. Uh, so it's, uh, Morgan it's a bunch Freeman. Of, it's a bunch of people we love. So Uzo Aduba. I'm going to check this out. But like you said, yeah. it could be boring. But the next trailer that I really liked was uh, Stillwater with Matt Damon. I thought this looked great. Matt Damon's basically this Southern father whose daughter goes on this Euro trip and gets arrested because her her lover, who's a girl, so she's a lesbian, was found dead. But the people in the country Which were more it, concerned that she was gay. Mm-hmm. And like they locked no, her ass up. No, it was because it was uh, that she was ha- uh, sleeping with a Muslim girl. Oh. They didn't like that it was a Muslim girl. Well, yeah, they locked her ass up and she was dead and they're not letting her go. And Matt Damon's going to do anything to get his daughter out. This reminds me of a better version of Taken. So I'm all the way in. Yeah, it's uh, the same kind of vibes that I was getting. I think Matt Damon looks like he's going to absolutely kill the role. Abigail Breslin as playing his daughter. It's a uh, it's a famous screenwriter, too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't know about anything about the writer. The director is Tom McCarthy. Oh, that's what I, yeah. Okay, so the director's Tom McCarthy. That's what I meant. But I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he wrote he it wrote too. wrote Spotlight. He did write Spotlight. Okay, so yeah, and I'm pretty sure he wrote this one too. And Spotlight's one of my favorite movies. So I'm all the way in for this. Yeah, he also directed Spotlight too. Yep, so he did write this. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'm in on Stillwater. Yeah, he wrote it and he directed it. So I'm all the way in on this. I'm a Tom McCarthy fan and Matt Damon's. This looks like Oscar bait. So I'm all the way in. But it good Oscar be. bait. It could be. It definitely um, looks like it. Speaking then, of someone who is no stranger to the Oscars, the last trailer we have. Oh, I guess we have another one. But I didn't watch the Stranger story. Things for because that's that's your. It's, it's not I don't really watch much anything, show. but I'll talk about it in a second. But uh, Lissy's story, which is a, a series. Um, I think it's also oh, it's an Apple original. Mm hmm. Um, it's a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like this the, trailer. A widow becomes the object of a dangerous stalker obsessed with his husband's work. Um, you know, it gives me Castle Rock vibes, and I enjoyed Castle Rock, so I'd probably watch this. Um, Apple TV's been putting out pretty good content, so and Julianne Moore is Julianne Moore, so I think I'd consider checking it out. You know, I'll talk about another Apple TV show that I'm watching. We get to movie on the rise, and I watched the first episode, and I think it's okay. I'm gonna give the second episode a try. That's probably what I would do with this series as well. Okay, well, it's not my bag, but what do you think of Stranger Things four? Uh, pretty much the teaser that they put out was um, kind of giving you this vibe that part of the season is either gonna tell us more about Eleven's upbringing or that she's going to go back to the facility that she originally mm. was brought up in. 
um, which I wasn't necessarily too thrilled about. Mm. Uh, a kind of it didn't it didn't feel too much like they were doing that last season, and I enjoyed that because like in the second season they really tried to play into this whole like Eleven has other people that also have powers that are in her life. And like really Stranger Things excels when it's just the group, the core group. So <laughs> I like the world. I, that's one of the things I thought was cool about the world building was the other 11s, but they they never went back and did any of that. So this seems like there is what they're, they're doing. Do, but season? there is already going to be world building because we have Hopper in Russia. True. And, you know, some of the teens are going to be off in college and, you know, they're uh, in college? some oh, well, the, oh, teens. the teens, the teens. Okay. And, um, and then what uh was it wasn't eleven or did she? Yeah, eleven and uh Will and all them and Winona Ryder, they all moved out of town. Oh so, okay. Okay. So the whole gang moved away. Yeah, so they're all so, sort of in different locations. Mm, so we'll see how that suspends. So they should all be in high school now. So I don't know. Okay. All right, word. Well, that's yeah. all the trailers we got. Next up, Emily Blunt shuts down Fantastic Forecasting rumors. She was like, I don't know if superhero movies are for me. This could be her just like, I know y'all are saying this. I'm not going to say anything because I can't comment on Marvel. Or it could really be she just doesn't like superhero movies and she's trying to make other shit. I believe it. I think she may be just trying to make other shit. I think that maybe... Nothing wrong with that either. This, I'm, and this property may be for John. So and like, might, you know, why, why not- take his thunder? And it might just not be like, oh, just because we're husband and wife, we have to work on everything together. Yeah, I mean, The Quiet Place is one thing, but I mean, you know. This is a franchise MCU. that we'd have to do for years, years, years. Like, I wanted, I don't want to step on his light. He doesn't want to step on my light. This is his thing. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm making movies like Sicario and kicking ass. So Exactly. So I'm not I, mad at it. That's kind of how I felt about it. But oh, um, but did you? I know you didn't put this here. Did you see Batista said he's done his Drax in after the next movie? And he oh, was like, right, I didn't but the character, in. the character's gonna probably continue living onward. And James Gunn was like, the character shouldn't live on without you. And Batista was like, it's okay. He's, I don't know, I'm over it. They didn't even do his, his origin like I wanted. Batista's been pretty pissed at Marvel for how they handled Drax because he, I'm pretty sure he read the comic that Drax killed Thanos. And he was like, I'm pretty sure he thought this whole time he was going to kill him and he didn't get to do none of that because Thanos killed his kids and like his whole planet. And he didn't get to go into any of that. Well, he made a really good point where he was like, for someone who was supposed to be the destroyer, Dax or Drax has pretty much been beaten by every Tom, Dick and Harry. Exactly. Popped up. So it's like, how powerful and how much of an asset is he really to the team when like apparently in comic books he is. So like I'm with Dave Bautista here. Like if he doesn't want to do drags anymore, totally fine. He made the excuse that he's, he's getting older, but meanwhile he's telling WB whenever y'all do Bane, I'm fucking Bane. (laughs) I mean, I think y'all come do Bane brother. And let's get us a real Bane, not not Tom Hardy, Christopher Nolan Bane, like the real Bane from the comics that is a big ass hunk man, but is super smart and, and challenges Batman to no other level. And I feel like that would be like Batista's character in Blade Runner. He's shown he can do that, that maniacal, dark, bulking guy. Yeah, the the voice is what I'm the most curious about with that because mm. you know there's just so many different voices of Bane. You have the Batman animated series voice of Bane. You have the Luchador. Yeah, the Luchador Bane. You have 
the Tom Hardy. Harley Quinn. Yeah, you have Hardy, uh, Tom Hardy's Bane. You have Harley Quinn's Quinn. Tom Hardy Bane. <laughs> I, I'm look. If Batista wants to come be Bane for Robert Pattinson, that would be nuts. I'm ready for it. Leave Marvel. They don't appreciate you, and they don't. And he said it, so you know. I mean, he, everything that he said is 100 percent correct. Like, yeah. there's no Marvel person who can come to me and tell me that they have done a great job with handling Drax, or that Drax is a character that means anything in the MCU. So, like, all the Guardians got shit the shit into the stick besides Star Lord, and even him in the last couple of movies has been fucked. Um, I don't know. I think Rocket got some good shine. Rocket in did Infinity War or an Endgame. Um, and Zoe Saldana at least was Dies. a meaningful part <laughs> of the, of everything. So I'll give them that, but yeah, I mean, Groot was pushed aside, but I mean, he's just a tree. And, the, uh, the, 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 the Asian lady who is the yeah, mantis screwed and Kellen Gillen, she, her character gets the gauntlet too. So it's like, <laughs> they just, they messed over that guardian squad. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Volume 3. But yeah, Drax leaving makes sense. If they want to continue the character, like Bucky said, do it. I mean, yeah, I mean, they should, they probably should uh, if that's what they want to do, but kill him off. Why not? Um, so speaking of Bautista, he, Edward Norton, and Janelle Monet have all been cast in Knives Out too. Fire, fire. Love it. Love Building it. the cast up. So it's them three and Daniel Craig. Love I it. I assume. None of these people are going to be attached to the Daniel Craig side of things. I'm still wondering if Lakeith is going to come back. I th- I thought he was. We'll see. Yeah, we'll and see. Maybe there'll be a further report down the line confirming that, but that's not these sure are right the names now. so far. But love this. And it shows Batista's getting work and people respect him as an act. Like, I've been we'll see asking, what happens with the Army of the Dead, too. That comes out this month. I Did I ask you this or did I say this in Discord? Maybe. Is Batista gearing himself for a better career than The Rock? Oh hell no! Let me okay. Wait, let me let me. I, I understand when you say it. When you say that out loud, you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Lyndon?" Let's look at it. Tell me a movie that The Rock has been in that is as good as Blade Runner. And I understand Batista's a, a character actor, but tell me, Batista's about to be in Dune. Batista's in Blade Runner. Batista's in this. Like The Rock doesn't do movies like Knives Out. That's all I'm saying. But again, Batista's a character actor and The Rock is a lead actor. Yeah. That's that's, that's the thing. Like That's I, the thing. But Batista has been in 100% better movies than The Rock. Like, The Rock does not have a Blade Runner, a Dune, or a Nas But he doesn't, like, put that movie over the top. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's just a, a he's just like a, a piece of the movie where, like, you know, the, the rock, rock's a lead. No, 100%. The rock's a lead. And like the, the rock makes an impact on some of the roles that he has on screen. Like for that's why army of the dead, like or, you said, is big for him. Yeah. You know, uh, for the rock. I mean, he has, he has a really big following in his kids movies. You know, he was, you know, he did gridiron gang. That's probably his most dramatic good movie that he did. That's true. Um, you know, he shows up in movies like the other guys, you know, get smart, which are comedies. He wasn't. Oh yeah, he wasn't other guys. But that. But again, small. But Dave Batista's in some roles where he only has six lines. So that's and. But but again, my thing is, Blade Runner, Dune, because Dune, he's like the the lead villain, and then Knives Out too. 
that the rock's not doing those movies but again he's a character actor he's a character actor so you know and i feel like john cena is about to go through his awakening as an actor yeah yeah i mean i don't i just don't think out of a standpoint of popularity oh no the rocks the rock is more yeah no the, the rock, rock is the most I mean, not only is the rock more popular than them as an actor he was also more popular than them as wrestlers that's a fact john cena argue argue yeah you can should. argue john cena because john cena is arguably because he had because he, he came in he came more after the rock so he, was, he kind he of replaced filled the rock. in for the rock yeah, yeah no when you think of the leads of wwe you it's, think of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, Macho Man Randy, Randy Savage, Savage, Hulk Hogan, uh, The Rock, and John Cena. Yeah, The Undertaker. But still, like, but okay, if you if you think lead guys, then it's Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, Roman Reigns. Yeah, All those other guys, faces. Yeah, fa- like the the faces of the league. So, you know, but. Good for Bautista getting this role. Yeah, it's a, it's a big role for him. I think it's big for Janelle Monet too. I mean, we've it just is. seen her do Antebellum. And um, good to and see Ed Norton, you know, coming back coming back out and doing movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is a solid pickup for the Knives Out group to get Ed Norton. Um, but anyway, you know, we were talking about this guy and his role in Without Remorse last week, Jamie Bell. He signed on the star opposite Elizabeth Moss and Wagner Mora in an Apple series adaptation of the 2013 novel Shining Girls, Bell will play the role of Harper, a mysterious loner with a surprising connection to Moss's character, Kirby. Uh, the, the show is described as Kirby is a Chicago reporter who survived a brutal assault only to find her reality shifting as she hunts down her attacker. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then Moore is playing a veteran journalist breaking the story of the copycat attack. Yeah. All right. This this could be interesting, you know. It Apple could be TV, another Apple C. Trying Apple to TV do some series. stuff. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, all right. Next I'm more up. interested in, the, in the, this one that you're about to talk about. Ah, uh, okay. Ali Wong is set to appear in the upcoming Paper Girls adaptation for Amazon. Wong joins previously announced uh, series lead Sophia Rosaninsky, Cameron Jones, Riley Lai, uh, Nalette, and... Fina Straza, the series which hails from Amazon Studios and Legendary Television in association with Plan B, is based on the graphic novel series by Brian K. Vaughn and artist Cliff Chiang. Paper Girls follows four young girls who are out delivering papers on the morning after of Halloween 1988, who become unwillingly caught in a conflict between warring factions of time travelers, sending them on an adventure through time to save the world. As they travel between our present, the past, and the future, they encounter future versions of themselves and now must to choose to embrace or reject their fate. Wong will play adult Aaron, the woman 12-year-old Aaron Tiang Nalette grows up to become. When the two Aaron's finally come face-to-face, they are forced to confront the gap between their childhood hopes, dreams, ambitions, and the reality of their grown-up life. Look, Amazon has said we're taking independent comics that are amazing and turning them into shows. The Boys, Invincible, now Paper, ta- uh, paper Girls. This is one of the biggest comics of all time. Paper Girls, Invincible, The Boys. I have no doubt in my mind this is going to be a hit. Me too. I mean, we know that we want to see more Brian K. Vaughn stuff get a- adapted. Well, we're about Amazon. to get Why the Last Man from FX. Exactly. Uh, and now pa- Paper Girls getting picked up by Amazon here, putting in someone like Ali Wong, who is very well, very well known and a really funny actress to come in here and be in a, a story that is pretty funny in nature. I mean, you got to imagine there's going to be a little bit of humor in, in mixed in 
uh, with this story because it is kind of ridiculous. But it's also pretty uh, a very interesting concept that time travelers are going through wars and they're going fighting through time. So I know you love time travel. This is awesome. I'm just screaming HBO. Look at what Amazon is doing, taking all of these independent comics, turning them into TV shows. HBO, you have a leg. You have a a thing that Amazon has to they're, scour the earth attached for. to DC. Let me finish. You see, you got to let me finish. Amazon has to scour the earth for independent comics. HBO, you have a godsend. Yes, you have DC, but that's not what I'm talking about. DC owns an independent comic book company called Vertigo. They produce a comic by the name of 100 Bullets, among other amazing, amazing series. Uh, I own so many Vertigo books. They're some of the best comics out. HBO, please do it. Please do it. I understand DC's giving you a bunch of problems. Just take Vertigo and say, hey, we're going to make you a shit ton of money because it'll work. Amazon has shown it will work. People want comic book stories because they are more than just superheroes and capes. Sure. I mean, it's just it's it's just like adapting books, you know? Yep. So, So, I mean, take advantage of it. Yep. No, I agree. But shout out to Amazon for this. I, I really am excited for this. Fox has ordered next up. Fox has ordered the drama series, the cleaning lady for a 2021, 2022 broadcast season. The hour show was originally ordered to pilot last year, but production was delayed due to COVID. Elodie Young stars as Thani, a, a whip smart doctor who comes to the U S for medical treatment to save her ailing son. But when the system fails and pushes her into hiding, she refuses to be beaten down, marginalized. Instead, she becomes a cleaning lady for the mob and starts playing game by her own rules. Interesting concept, Elodie Young, Electra from Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's uh, based on I think a Korean show, um, which is not a bad rubric to pull from. No, not at all. Um, but the thing that worries me here is this is a network television TV. show. Yeah, it's fine. So I, I just don't know how much you're going to get into that. But the, the flip side of that is it does remind me of Good Girls, who, which is a network television show and does work a concept like this pretty well. So yeah. if it is anything like that, then I think it could work out pretty well. All right. Yeah. I, I like you trying to pitch that to me. I, I definitely buy that because Good Girls is a good show. It is real good. Um, the next thing we got is Jillian Jacobs again. She and... Uh, the guy who played Jafar in the Aladdin movie, Marwan Kazari, are set to lead a Berlin set romantic comedy called Any Other Night, written by Patrick Whistler and directed by Michael Ten Horn. Uh, the comedy follows two strangers thrown together as their lives are falling apart. Freshly dumped Maggie, played by Jacobs, and flailing cab driver Max, played by, played by Kanzari, meet the night of a crippling transit strike with the latter loading all of Maggie's worldly possessions into the back of his decrepit van cab. What should be, be what should have been a simple fare becomes a wild late night odyssey. Okay, cool. Sounds like a good Um, little, um, comedy rom-com type movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe these two are going to have like a romantic entanglement, but, um, to me, it reminds me of like something like a lovebirds. Mm, okay good i like that pull sounds interesting though not mad at it yeah we'll see how we'll see how it turns out i'm wondering what which streamer will pick it up true that's a good point uh so infinite a sci-fi thriller starring mark Wahlberg and director antoine fuqua will now exclusively debut on paramount plus in the u.s 
The move comes as Paramount Plus is seeking to bolster its lineup of original content. Infinite centers on a man named Evan McCauley, played by Wahlberg, who is haunted by the fact that uh, he demonstrates skills he has never learned and has memories of places he has never visited. After encountering a secret group of uh, a secret group that call themselves Infinites, he discovers that his memories are real, but they are from multiple past lives. Uh, what's his, how do you say his name? Chutel Chutel Ejiofor. Uh, Sophia Cookson, Jason Mansukas, Rupert Friend, Toby Jones, and Dylan O'Brien all co-star. D.O.B. D.O.B. Chiwetel Ejiofor and Jason Mansukas. Look, Mark Wahlberg has put out a lot of stinkers, and Antoine Fuqua has put out some stinkers as well, but he's a solid director. And when Mark Wahlberg's with a director that's of quality, he can do goodness. I need to see a trailer before I commit to any of this. Yeah, it's the way to judge this on a uh, thinking about Paramount is this was going to come out in theaters this summer. So is it a negative that Paramount yeah. wants it to be an exclusive content that comes straight to Paramount? Or is it a or positive is it a, because or is it a positive get, because they're yeah. trying to bolster their their subscribers and, and they want to a buy. movie that's going to be worth it, worth a shit to be like their original for the summer? So I think it could be the latter. That's why I'm waiting to see the trailer. But if it's good, I'm definitely going to get Paramount free trial and watch it. I found out that I got it as a, an add-on channel on Amazon. Ooh, nice. Oh. <laughs> That's fire. I think I might have it as well. Because yeah. that not that CBS All Access? It is. I do have it. Then. So okay. if you already were paying for that. Then... Yeah, I've been watching Next and Parental Control and all that MTV shit. There, that, yep, That's it. So, all right. Uh, so... Bill Lord and Chris Miller are set to direct a film adaptation of The Premonition, a pandemic story. The, <sighs> the, the Premonition, which was published last week by W.W. Norton and Co., is a nonfiction story that it follows was published three central last characters. week? Yes. Oh, my uh, follows gosh. three central characters, a biochemist, a public oh. health worker, and a federal government employee Ooh. who work in the White House as they <laughs> confront the COVID-19 pandemic. And find the response from the United States government is woefully inadequate. Bro, I'm tone, not watching this fucking shit. <laughs> the tone for the project is described as being similar to all the president's men, focusing on the book's distinct characters who risked everything in the hope of saving lives. Don't compare this to the fucking all the president's men with Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford about a story that changed American history. Do not compare this pandemic shit to that. No, sir. And now, I, 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 would, I would be okay with this with all of this if it was five nine, years later nine, nine, even <laughs> even longer because think about all the president's men all the president's men is a story about watergate and nixon that was over a decade since th- that incident so like give give it give us some, some time, time to still bro. In it. Yeah. still in it <laughs> i literally <laughs> just got my second vaccine <laughs> i do not want to watch this shit i have no like no, no, no interest in watching anything pandemic related. When you say COVID-19 in a movie, I check the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, even if it's TV. I, mean, I, I check out. I check out. That's but, the most annoying thing about Law & Order. We keep talking about it. <laughs> choose. Mask or no mask. Just fucking choose. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with This Is Us. Like, This Is Us will have the fucking actor brother wearing a mask in auditions, but then when they're walking down the street, 
No mask. They're in a store shopping for a dress. No mask. But when he's doing interviews, mask, mask. I don't, like, I don't know. Choose. I don't know if you watched the last new episode of Law and Order, <laughs> but it was like uh, Olivia met up with like this rest, this lady who ran a restaurant, but the restaurant was closing down because of COVID. So she like held everybody hostage. And was, <laughs> I like, did see that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no mask. <laughs> yeah, no masks. Like, choose, man. Either do the pandemic or don't. Oh, and like the whole crux was like, she had a falling out with her son because like her mother died of COVID and the son was like not really like following restrictions and she got mad at him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. But you're not wearing a mask though, but you mad at your son. <laughs> uh, That's like, but see Grey's Anatomy, I got to give Grey's Anatomy their credit because they 100% follow it. They say we're doing COVID 100%. We're doing it. They did so much to do it, to have a, 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 a anti, a anti, COVID bro, someone who thinks COVID isn't real. Dude came in, kept pulling his mask down. The lady was like, he was like, it's not real. Y'all making extra money off of him. Dude checks him out of the hospital. As soon as he walks out the door, passes out and dies. <laughs> Grace. Grace, oh my God. Grace said, all right, bitch, you don't want to believe in COVID? You're dying. <laughs> dude, didn't, she were, dude didn't even get two feet outside the hospital. Dead. <laughs> I'll tell people out there, for people who don't like like Grey's Anatomy or never seen it before, like they go there sometimes. Man. Like, <laughs> they do. They do some shit on that show where it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> I like it, man. I, 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 I like it. I, I can't even. But lie. I just can't get, I just can't go through watching all that. It's just oh, no, no, it's a much. lot. Like I only watch it when my girlfriend has it and like I walk in the room and I'm like, all right, I can see it. Like I remember I tried bit. to start that and I got um, Again, like, me too. And I couldn't, I couldn't keep going. That's like season much. three and I was too much. Too much. I got to see too much. It was, it was way too much, but yeah, I, mean, I may have only gotten season two. I I only remember where I ended. So, like all right, with, ne- uh, Catherine Heigl and all that. Yeah. All right. Next up, Robert De Niro has joined the cast of About My Father, an upcoming film that's loosely based on the life of stand-up comedian Sebastian Man- Maniscalco. Maniscalco. De Niro is set to play Maniscalco's dad, Salvo, in the movie, reuniting the pair after first appearing together in Martin Scorsese's mob drama, The Irishman. In About My Father, Sebastian tells his old-school Italian immigrant dad of his plans to propose his all-American girlfriend, prompting Salvo to insist on crashing a weekend with her parents. Look, De Niro's actually good at these type of movies. Meet the Fockers, The Intern. So this could be cool. And Maniscalco is having a big moment right now coming up. He's really funny. Yeah, so this could be good. Yeah, so I'm. this interests me. I have become a fan of Sebastian Maniscalco. He's got some really good stand-up. And I could see a story about his dad being pretty funny. Yep. And De Niro's the perfect actor to do that. They they said when they were casting, they were like, I could – you know, we could totally see Robert De Niro in this role, but we know he's highly selective. But De Niro read it and was like, I'm in. So. Oh, that's how you know it might be good. It must be good. Mm-hmm. Shout out to De Niro. All right. Definitely going to check that out. Next up, we got Bobby Monahan and Ron Funches to host the ultimate slip and slide game show on NBC. What the fuck is this? This 10 episode wet and wild show. It takes on the ultimate spirit of the classic backyard slide and transforms it into a real life water park full of gigantic slippery rides with the chance to take on big cash prizes. A pair of siblings, best friends, couples and co-workers from all walks of life compete in multiple rounds of the game, including human pong, body bowling, cornhole bocce fall and many more two teams make it to the final challenge will take on the big slipper a colossal multi-slide meant only for the bravest and boldest players to determine which determine who will earn the championship title what's the what's the element of the game here they slide down a slide like 
Well, there's going to be different games, like you said, with human pong, body bowling, cornhole. Okay. So, like, they're going to do different slide-type games that are going to relate to that. So, like, I can see, like, them going down a slide and, like, going into the pins or, like, trying to land in a hole or something. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't land know. on the board for cornhole, whatever. It, it's it's going to be a bunch of stupid shit. And very interesting. Going to watch the first episode and then never watch yeah, again. Definitely watching the first episode, like you said, and probably not going to watch this again if it's not good. So you know. But all right, next up, HBO has uh, given a series order HBO Max to the family friendly comedy Gordita Chronicles that hails from Sony Pictures TV. Uh, Zoe Saldana, uh, Cinestar Pictures, and Osprey Products. Uh, Osprey Productions, the Latino focus series stars Diana Maria Rivera from Dead to Me and the, tel- the Dead to Me and then Telenovela, uh, Juan Xavier Cardenas from Snowfall and 911 Lone Star, and Olivia Gonvalcales from Scooter Magruder. Yeah, so the our notes here cut off the second part of it. But, oh, okay, uh, Claudia for for S Tree, she's also in the series, or she wrote the pilot, and Eva Longoria is going to direct. Uh, Even Ligoria will serve as also serve as an executive producer. Uh, Gordita Chronicles, which I think is a horrible name because it reminds yeah. me of the Gordita Crunch from Taco from Bell. Taco Bell, yeah. Uh, it centers on a willful twelve-year-old Dominican girl who struggles to fit into a hedonistic nineteen-eighties Miami as her family pursues the American dream. Uh, Cuckoo and Castellas remind us of the iconic sitcom families we grew up watching, but none of those ever capture a Dominican family's experience of coming to America. We see a lot of these Latino family shows coming up. We talked about Shea Serrano's last week. Now we're Mm -hmm. getting another one. I think this is talked about the Brothers Garcia coming back on HBO Max. And HBO Max has been uh, really, has put out a lot of stuff that I didn't even put in the article of that they're really excited about what this, uh, what this comedy is going to be. So I think to me, it feels like it's going to be similar to our network vein of sitcoms that we enjoy, like, you know, American housewife, uh, George Lopez show, George, George Lopez, show, that type I mean, stuff. well, yeah, I mean, even just staying out of minority based sitcoms, just your, your normal oh, okay. sitcom, uh, you know, I feel modern like it's going to be that type of stuff. modern family is a good example. Yeah. Uh, to me, one that really uh, comes out as the Goldbergs. I don't know if you ever seen the Goldbergs. Like I feel like it's I know be a what lot it is like that on on Hulu because you know I watch American Housewife, so sometimes it comes on after that when I'm watching yeah. Hulu and I'm like, mm, Goldbergs don't really hit like American Housewife, but I know what you're talking about. No, but I, but it's since, since it's going to be in the '80s, that's what it makes me think of because that's the Gold- I think yeah. it's place in the '80s too. But I think it's going to be really cool that it's going to be the '80s in Miami. Okay. With you know teenagers, yeah, trying to live that Miami lifestyle. That maybe that's why they say hedonistic Miami in the eighties, which, yeah, okay. as we all know, is a crazy party time. city, Miami Vice, that type shit. Yes. Yeah. So okay, cool. Uh, the next thing we got is Demi Lovato will find out the truth. Is it out there in a new limited unscripted series about UFOs mm. uh, that has been ordered at Peacock? Okay. And and unidentified with Demi Lovato, the music superstar, uh, her skeptical best friend, Matthew, and her sister, Dallas, attempt to uncover the truth about the UFO phenomenon. While consulting with leading experts, the trio will investigate recent eyewitness encounters, uncover secret government reports, and conduct tests at at known UFO hotspots. Peacock has given the show a four-episode order, 
And when I told this to my girlfriend, wait, she wait. said, your girlfriend said exactly what I've been thinking this whole fucking time. Can I say my joke before you say what your girlfriend says? Just so it doesn't yeah. seem like I took her idea, bro. No wonder they only gave her four fucking episodes. Stop smoking that weed, uh, Demi Lovato. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> this yeah, sounds no. like she got high and was like, and she finally figured out YouTube and went down some rabbit holes and was like, oh, UFOs. Oh, UFOs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, when I told my girlfriend that she was like, so she hasn't stopped smoking weed, huh? No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what is this? I know my dad's gonna love it because he loves this F- UFO conspiracy stuff. I mean, he may not know who Demi Lovato is, but, but he's gonna watch it. He'll wa- Bro, he'd watch it. Just go watch Action Bronson's Ancient Aliens <laughs> if you want to get into this type of shit. Great, it was that was great. It honestly. was, but oh man, Demi Lovato. Whatever happened to that guy, dude? Who Bronson? Yes, he's still going. He's still making a well, fuck. That's delicious. He lost a lot of weight. Oh, great, good for him. And he got he got buff now. Good for him. I love I love that show. I need to. Oh yeah, he's he's that. still he's still doing shit. He's still doing shit on Vice. He just wrote a book. So oh, cool. Killing it. But all right. Next up, Warner Media's Adult Swim plans to turn three of its most prop uh most vi- uh venerable properties into films that will debut first in its 90 day window uh through uh HBO Max and uh via- no, oh no through video. V via video on demand, Blu-ray and DVD before debuting on HBO Max. Uh Basically, they're making movies out of Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Metalocalypse, and the Venture Bros. That's dope. That's really cool. And that's the stuff that I want to see Adult Swim do, start making more content and, and giving us stuff that they are amazing at because Adult Swim has been one of the best networks on television, bar none. It's them, FX, and HBO. Those are the best networks on television. Oh, and the food. Yeah, network. I mean, I guess it's it's a way to try and get people's interest. Uh, I was never big on a lot of these Adult Swim shows. Uh, the only one that I'd be excited to see a movie about is the Venture Bros. I was gonna say Venture Bros. and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Not a Metalocalypse guy. That show made me. Wasn't that sick. John Schnepp show? That was John Schnepp show. RP to John Schnepp. And yeah. damn, see, I didn't realize that was John Schnepp show when because I was about to say while he was alive. Yeah, yeah, while he was alive. Because growing up, that show used to terrify the shit out of me. Like all the <laughs> devil worship shit. I would be like, ah, oh, I gotta turn this off. I'm about to go to sleep. It was late at night, and I was like. Bro, I'm not watching this or Mr. Pickles. Fuck that shit. <laughs> or Moral Oral. All that weird shit, bro. Have you That's watched what I'm saying? Like, I've never watched oral? anything. I've never watched anything past on Adult Swim uh, on a non-Tunami night past 11. See, I, I fucked with Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That shit was fine. Like, that was where I watched American Dad. With, with, Adult Swim. Oh, yeah, me too. With Frylock, Meatwad, and fucking Shake. I love that shit. That shit's hilarious. And so is the Venture Bros. But Metalocalypse, I don't know. But rest in peace to our guy, John Schnepp. I'll definitely check out Metalocalypse. And I know he would be excited about this. But next up, This Is Us. We'll end after season six. Super sad. Told my girlfriend she's super sad. We are This Is Us fans. Also, Ryan Gosling starring in a Wolfman movie. Uh, this is what it's going to be about. While returning to his homeland, Lawrence is afflicted by ancient curse when he's bitten by a werewolf. <laughs> Next up, we got Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth, starring Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington, will now release on Apple TV later this year. And the final story we have is Regina King is set to direct Bitterroot. She uh, she will produce the film's adaptation alongside Ryan Coogler. The story is set in the Harlem Renaissance. The story follows a family of once great monster hunters who face an evil that depends upon New York. And it's basically a, a independent comic. This is good because you, we talked about last week how you said if she's we don't know if she's ready for Superman because it's a big budget film. If she does this first, 
then Superman, it just works out better. So that's dope. Also, excited for Apple TV to get the tragedy of Macbeth. That's huge for them with Francis McDormand and Denzel. That people are gonna buy it to watch that. This is us yeah, super sad. Apple but, TV's got a good slate. But again, Ryan Gosling, bro, you are better than doing the fucking Wolfman. Like, what is Ryan Gosling doing? Depends. Depends, because like, what is the best Wolfman movie? I don't know. Exactly. What if he <laughs> makes the best Wolfman movie? I don't fuck like, with the monster movies, the, bro. Like the, the only ones I can think of, you know, Teen Wolf, which really isn't good. Luke and, Evans still ain't recovered from Dracula Untold. <laughs> you know then, he uh, hasn't. My guy had one, to be Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. My dude was supposed to be Sinestro. He ain't getting Sinestro. Then the other one is American Werewolf in London, which is just way dated at this point. Um, Ryan so Gosling's just better than this, bro. Schubert, do you, have you not seen the nice guys? I have. Do you not think he should in Blade Runner? Do you not think he should make more movies like the nice guys, Blade Runner and Drive? Or am I or is that just me putting him in a box? Well, it's not like he's there's other people out there that are making those movies without him. That's true. At least Jake Gyllenhaal gives us those types of movies. We got Nocturnal Animals, Zodiac, fucking Enemy, and Prisoners. And prisoners. That satisfies my need for that shit. And Nightcrawler. So exactly. It's like, Jake Gyllenhaal like, giving I us love movies. To, I would love to see that stretch. For Ryan Gosling. Well, for Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, where was that back to, was that all back to back to back? I'm pretty well, sure. It couldn't have been. I'm pretty sure it that couldn't have like, been. Wait, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So, like, he did Nightcrawler in 2014. Okay, so he did en- he did Prisoners in 13. Then he, he did, did Prisoners and Enemy back to back. End of Watch was before Prisoners, which is yep. another good movie that he did. Source Code is before End of Watch, which is another well, no, good okay, movie wait. that he did. End of Watch, Prisoners, Enemy, Nightcrawler's right after that. Then Southpaw. Southpaw. And then Nocturnal Animals with Demolition in between. That's an amazing fucking run. Ryan Gosling could never. Like, I love Gosling. I, that's what I want from him. I want a Jake Gyllenhaal-esque run of that. Like, give the give the fans, give the people what they want and what we know you're capable of, Ryan Gosling. Here, let me look real quick and just see. So he will say that we'll start with Drive, okay? So he does Drive and Crazy Stupid Love in the same year. Great, great, great. And, I, and I'm not saying I, I want him to just do action because the rom-com Crazy Stupid Love was a great fucking movie. Well, and he's in The Notebook, which, you know. I don't count that one. I don't I, fuck with that one. But, I mean, it's huge. It's huge, yeah. Um, and then I just don't know enough the, about these other movies. The like, Eyes of March is, is whatever. Place Beyond the Pines is really fucking good. Gangster Squad is bad. Only God Forgives is good. The Big Short is good. Nice Guys is good. I guess that's his run. I guess his run is Only God Forgives, Big Short, and Nice Guys. And then La La Land and Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah, I guess. That's that's an okay run. It's not a bad run, but it's not as good as Jake Gyllenhaal's. Mm -mm. Like, now he's about to do the with the Gray Man, which I'm excited about, which I'm really excited about. The Gray Man is doing what I want. Him versus Chris Evans. Let's get it. Wolfman and eh. the actor is that, is that that's the one where he gets left for dead in Ohio. Oh yeah, and he has to solve the mystery. That one sounds yeah. pretty good. I'm not mad at the actor. And what's Project Hell Mary? An astronaut trying oh, no. to save Earth Fuck while that. alone I'm, in outer space. I'm, I'm sick of Ryan, Ryan Gosling being an astronaut. He needs to cut that shit out. Ryan, I love hey, you, man. man. You just gotta get a better agent. You just gotta Maybe get. A, he likes space. Go hit up Jake Gyllenhaal and be like, "Yo, bro, who's your agent?" And like. Get Hall's agent on the call. 
But, but yeah, to go to go through your other stories, yeah, uh, Tragic Macbeth being on Apple TV is huge. pretty big. Um, and then yeah, I'm glad you put the Regina King in there. I don't know how it slipped through when I was putting it together today because I remember I marked it. Uh, but this is a pretty this is pretty big and it's a really interesting movie. It sounds it's a, like it's I would, a great I would comic too. Watch this. Yeah, so this is going to be good, and it's some black independent creators, so this is dope for that. And then uh, this is going to be a great story, so I'm excited for that. Good for Regina King. She's making up her resume, and that just goes to show why I got her high on the list. She's one of the top women in Hollywood, and she's killing it. If you're going to get on me about putting Saoirse Ronan too low, but you're going to have her top five. I don't have her top five. Oh, okay, because I don't have Regina King top five either, but that's why she's high. But all right, that's all we have for the news today. Let's get into the segment where we suggest one movie or TV show that's coming out this week or that is relatively new that you don't might not know about that we want to put you on for you to have new stuff to watch. This segment is called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, what you got for us this week? So we forgot to mention last week that Mythic Quest was coming back with their first three episodes of the new season. I heard they were amazing. I think they're all, I don't know if it's going to be three this weekend. I think it's maybe only one more, but they are starting to put those episodes out weekly on, uh, on Apple TV. So look out for mythic quest. The first three episodes are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty funny. That's what um, I heard. And then on Apple TV, another weekly series that they have going on right now is called the mosquito coast with Justin Thoreau. Is that the first episode you watched that you weren't sure about? Mm. Yes. It's um, pretty much Justin Thoreau is an inventor. We don't know why yet, but he had done, he's done something and like the FBI wants him. Uh-huh. And so like, he's pretty much on the run from the FBI. The, um, and that's kind of like how that first episode the goes. FBI with him being on agent. the run. We don't really know. I mean, they don't really touch on too deeply about that side of things. We really only focus on Justin Thoreau and his family. They are mm. living in exile in some like farmland okay. um and now they're gonna go to mexico and live on a boat and you don't know so what he they, made don't know why he, they're after him yet oh you should definitely uh, watch episode two and keep that and keep us up to date. so like i'm i'm interested in, in uh looking at it and I, the reason i watched it was because there was a movie in 1986 called the mosquito coast with harrison ford same deal. An inventor spurns his city life and moves his family to the jungles of Central America to make a utopia. Very similar to what this story is, The Mosquito Coast. Sounds like a remake. And sort of. And that um and that uh the Mosquito Coast was a movie that was pretty well received, had Harrison Ford, Helen Mirren, River Phoenix, good cast. Okay. Um, IMDb gave it six out of six stars. Um, it was nominated for two Golden Globes, but what does that mean nowadays? Yeah, facts. Um, <laughs> Doesn't mean shit. Uh, Paul Thoreau wrote the novel. I don't know if it has any relation to Justin Thoreau. I don't think so. Um, and uh, and Peter Weir was the director okay. who uh, who's done like The Way Back, uh, which I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's phenomenal. With Ben Affleck, and, the, the basketball movie. No, the way back was a movie where these uh, these guys are um, in a Russian prison and they have to escape and get to Mongolia. It has Con Farrell, Ed Harris, Saoirse Ronan, Mark Strong, Jim Sturgis. Really oh, good movie. Because okay. yeah, um, let's say the way back is definitely uh, is definitely my boy Ben Affleck drunk coaching basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the Mosquito Coast on Apple TV first episodes out. Go oh, check Peter, it out. Oh, Peter, we also directed Master and Commander. 
and uh, the poets. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, I might have to check out the Mosquito Coast. The movie and the series. All right, dope. All right, well, for me, uh, I know we're a couple weeks late, four weeks to be exact. We should have been reviewing this weekly like we did Your Honor, but, you know, going to review it when it's over. But Mayor of Easttown is fucking incredible. Shout out to Kate Winslet. Shout out to um, uh, uh, Evan Peters. Shout out to, um, what's my guy's name? Um, Memento, Guy Pierce. Shout out to um, Jim and Pam, Pam's ex from The Office. Oh, oh boy. Roy. Roy, shout out to Roy. He's in it. Um, it's just a great cast, man. And it's a really, really good murder mystery. I like the first couple of episodes more than I did The Undoing with Nicole Kidman. I thought this is a, a better take at that because HBO is always doing these murder mystery things. And I really like uh, Mayor of Easttown. I think it's as, dope. As we're going to say on our lists, uh, by the end of it, Kate Winslet's higher up than Nicole Kidman. Yeah, that's a, that's a fact. Uh, also, I'm I'm recommending Houston. This is the new Netflix series with Ewan McGregor that is about American designer Houston. I think that's going to be pretty cool. And then Amy Adams has a new movie called Woman in the Window. Don't really know too much about it, but anything Amy Adams, I'm watching. She's one of the best actors in Hollywood, and she's high up on my list. And if Schubert, if you disrespect Amy Adams on your list, we're going to have to scrap. I don't think I I don't think that's going to be the case. Okay, better not be cuz Amy is a queen. But that's pretty um, much it. Yeah, so let's talk about Jupiter's legacy. Did you like it? I liked it. I liked it a I lot. I liked it. Okay. Uh, I liked it a lot. I I did have one big issue. What? I don't like the fla- the flashing back and forth. I don't like it. Oh, you I'm torn on that because I did like learning how they become who they are no i do like learning that i just wish it would have been just one episode one episode Uh, i can i can get with that okay i'm not mad at that see we were talking to the discord about it and they were talking about how it looks bad and i understand it's very choppy like the way that they did it it just doesn't flow very well it it no but they were talking about how like the cgi and the suits and i get that oh okay The, okay. the cgi superhero stuff isn't that great, but you got to understand Netflix is in debt and this is their first attempt in the Malarverse. They can't put Witcher money behind it. They have to give it just enough to where it works. And then if it's good, season two is going to get a bigger budget and shit like magic order is going to get a huge budget. So I'm not mad at season one being this quality. I didn't think it was, uh, let me put it like, it was bad. It was like, better than a CW guess- show. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, now that I'm thinking about it, it probably wasn't as well done in some ways as the Umbrella Academy. But then that's what they I compared to. But I didn't notice that until you've just brought that up. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess maybe some of the stuff wasn't that great. <laughs> Think about the but fight like, with Black Star in episode one or two. See, but even that, I thought that they, that I thought that went pretty well. I didn't think it was bad. Like that's what I'm saying. I didn't think it was bad, and because we're used to watching CW content, and this is way better than the CW verse. Sure. Sure. In terms of looks, but the story, the story is compelling. Josh Dumel gave a great performance and I think get, made me love him again and revitalize his career. I think Josh Dumel can have a Timothy Oliphant type career if he, if he continues with stuff like this and does and stop being the pretty boy rom-com guy. Like, I love this. Which, ironically, he and um, the actress who plays his wife in this have a rom-com that's out on Netflix right now. <laughs> they do, yes. Yeah, but love the cast, uh, 
love love Walter a lot. Love Walter's character. I think he plays that brother role very well. Um, mm-hmm. Love. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Matt Lat- Lantern. Uh, Lan- Lantern. Who uh, he plays George. Oh yeah, love George. And he's he's the voice of Anakin on Clone Wars. Love George. I thought George was a great character. I love George's son Hutch a lot. I thought mm-hmm. Hutch is a great character. I think it's interesting that he's taken over the role of one of the main superheroes. Which one, Hutch? Yeah, he has. If you remember the original Guardians, the dude with the Oh yeah, with the stat. Yeah, true, 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 mm-hmm. true, true. Are we spoiler reviewing right now? Is this non-spoiler? It's semi non-spoiler. Semi, I mean, yeah, because I'm, really- I'm not finished. Yeah, I'm not really spoiling too much. But like, I'm just talking about the series and love Chloe's character. I think she's a great character. That's the the sister who is well, Yeah, like what I like. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really would have liked to stay pretty in depth with like what's going on in the modern day and like just have, have them maybe a second episode explain to us how they how they got to that point. And then leave I that felt alone. like they could have just done that in one episode and then just left it. We're definitely getting a season two, though. Yeah, definitely getting season two. It definitely in, ended open in an open-ended way. Um, and I think season two from where they left off would make this way more serious and like and more interesting. And let's they say didn't do closure to get, it from what you told me. No, they didn't give closure to it. And I think that it would be better for them to save some of the stuff that they could do for the next season when they get a bigger budget. Yeah, exactly. Save some of the fight scenes. Say mm-hmm. some of the important power scenes, moments like seeing people's powers and whatnot. No, I'm with you on that. But overall, Netflix gave a great stab at this. And I'm going to be honest. I liked this more than Umbrella Academy season one. I did. But not season two. Oh, no, no. no. Season two Umbrella Academy is great. I'm I just talking. Say, I can't. I can't say that. Season one to me, Umbrella Academy was it was average to slightly above average. I have this slightly above average to good. I like Jupiter's Lake. I was shocked. I was I was shocked how hooked I got on it immediately. That's what I'm saying. Bro, Schubert, I watched the first four episodes in one night. I was like, what the fuck? Maybe because it's 30 minutes, but like, I loved it. Some of them are. Some of them are longer. Yeah, some but, of them are longer. Um, yeah, like I remember I watched the first two or three right away. And then as we were getting closer to today, I had to space it because I, because I was like, Oh, I'm going to get through this too fast and I'm going to forget about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I finished it last night, watched two episodes, the last two episodes. And I would say sort of non-spoiler the intro to the character who's on like, you know, uh, Walter's daughter, the intro to her character. Cause it's just not too much of a spoiler. Cause she's on the dang, the dang, like, picture when you mm-hmm. go to jupiter legacy badass she's such yeah. a fucking badass and the scene that you get introduced to her so badass like that kind of that scene alone made that show so much more because it made it more like the boys mm. right? even though it's not and i'm glad it's not the boys but you're absolutely right i want to see more sky fox that's what i want to see that's what I want to see too. I want to know more about Sky Fox. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if you were going to give me some of these flashbacks, I wish we could have just dealt with when they got their powers and give us some flashbacks of like some of the stuff that's going on and like stuff that they talk about. Cause they've been around since the 1930s. You know, they talk about dealing their dealings with world war two. I'd like to see that in the flashback mm-hmm. more so than I'd like to see 
arbitrary things that happen in the lead up to them going to the island and getting their powers. So, and also I want to, yeah, I want to go to the island, see all that stuff. Like want to see Sky Fox in action because we didn't see, unless you see it in the finale, you don't see Sky Fox in action. Do you? You do. You do. And is that an episode? Is that in the second to last episode? Oh, okay. That's in the, the last one. Mm, okay. Yeah. But, but it's, but I would argue, but I think one could argue that you don't really, because it's just hard to explain without spoiling it. But okay. I mean, see, that's I want more of that because there's still, in there's episode still one, way, way in episode one they talk about Sky him Fox. going take over the vice president and being like, "I don't agree with your stuff." Like, Where's I'm that gonna, flashback? I want more of that. Like, give me more George McCutcheon. Give me more. Uh, I'm George Hutchins. Give me more Scott Fox. I need that. Also, want to know more about the black guy who's a paraplegic. Yeah, his his whole he's deal. Yeah, he's the, he's the speedster. <laughs> so, and then I love I I do love all the the superhero in the public. I and we don't get a lot of this in the boys because we get more from the perspective of the boys themselves. But seeing them out in public doing drugs, getting fucked up, like we got a little bit of that in season one of the boys. But I think we're gonna get that more in this upcoming season. Yeah, we're gonna get that more in this season and, and That's the spinoff. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what I enjoyed about this is that it gave me so much more boys vibes than anything else that is in the boys. But you know I don't think saying? it was a ripoff of the boys either. No, 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 no. And in some ways, it's, it's a little bit more tame. And it, it's but like, more it superhero y. It does, it, because they do, they, the, I think the code is what separates this from the boys about how they're trying to be this golden age of superheroes, but the crazy world is trying to break that code. That's what I think the story is. Yeah. And that's, that's part of where they touched on some social issues that you could tell that was coming through. And they, and, and when I say that for people who don't really enjoy seeing that and like, if you content, liked it in the boys, not, it's the same thing. It's not anything that's too glaring, but like, uh, the it's one not thing Captain America, the, Civil Winter. It's not, it's not Captain America it's not even, Falcon. It's not that, even that. It's not, even it's though, not that. That's not bad. It's not but, bad, but it, in, in terms of like, it's not that heavy handed. It's not the boys heavy handed either. I'm so, I'm more so talking about like in the early episode where like the cop is like, yeah, like you know, just kill the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just they're like, protesting, yeah. uh, saying, "Why do you keep keeping these superheroes alive?" The question everybody asks on Twitter these days: Why does Batman just keep Joker alive? That is, yeah, explored Which, thoroughly. And I feel like that was also explored in the boys, wasn't it? Uh, not really. With Homelander, with Stormfront, and- kinda, but it was about yeah. killing the the terror. It was not to this extent. It was about yeah, but I'm saying, ter- yeah, but ca- kinda, kinda. kinda. So, but I yeah. like Jupiter's Legacy. I think this is great. I'm ready for season two. But like I told you, after seeing this, does this not get you more excited for Magic Order and Prodigy? When I tell you those are more interesting stories than Jupiter's Legacy, it's more our brand of stories. It does. Like it really makes me think that Netflix really needs to. I think one thing that they they've need been, this bad. I think the one thing that they've been struggling with is that they've been stretching themselves too far with like trying to get so many properties in, in development. They're trying to get their, they're trying to get their next. Cause when you lose Marvel, they need their IP. When you see HBO have Watchmen and coming out with a bunch of DC content, you see Amazon killing it in the independent comic game. You see Disney plus killing it with star Wars and Marvel. They're only bag. What, what do you have? And it's like, okay, we're going to do animes. We still haven't seen cowboy bebop. We haven't seen any fruits of that. The Witcher is supposedly about to have 50 different shows. Don't have none of that now. 
you have a, your own comic um, book yeah, property Umbrella in the, Academy in the Malarverse. In the Malarverse and Stranger Things, pretty much what you have. That's their stuff. So it's like you need this Malarverse to work because I don't know if the anime bag is gonna work for y'all. So no, you I need think this it's a to flop. Work. I'm so scared for Cowboy Bebop, but hopefully it's good. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that's good. That's the only one I'm really holding out hope for. Oh, now I mean, that you're caught up on One Piece, it's like, <laughs> you understand. Yeah, I mean, Shit like, won't work. I'm, there ain't no way that you can do One Piece. <laughs> but shout so. out to, to Netflix and Jupiter's Legacy. This is a big win. This is a big win for them. A needed Definitely. win. So, so um, right, moving on the to, list. to the list now. Where Today we're doing uh, 15 to 10 to 11. Is 15 to 11 today? Yeah, because then we do 10 to, 10 to 6 and 5 to 1. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. 15 to 11. Okay, this is not a hard part for me. Okay, cool. This is this. All right, cool. Start us off with you. Oh, well, tell the tell the people what you had like, uh, 25 through. Just remind them 25 right, through so, uh, 16. So 25 is my tree of Jay Law, Rachel McAdams, and Brie Larson. Uh, the 24, I have the Hepburns, Catherine, and Audrey. 23, I have Susan Sarandon and Diane Keaton. Susan Sarandon definitely gained a lot more in my book after I watched that movie, <laughs> The Client. Um, 22 is Michelle Williams and Renee Zellweger. 21 is Emma Thompson. 20 is Margot Robbie. 19, Regina King. Uh, 18, Sigourney Weaver. Who on Weaver. both those last two? Uh, 17, Nicole Kidman. And uh, 16, Scarlett Johansson. Nice, nice. I like your list. I'm just fucking with you. But all right, 25, Uma Thurman, 24, Diane Keaton slash Alfre Woodard, 23, Judy Dench slash or Dame Judy Dench slash Helen Mirren, 22, Octavia Spencer, 21, Tessa Thompson slash Cersei Ronan, 20, Nicole Kidman, 19, Angela Bassett, 18, Natalie Portman, 17, Emily Blunt, and 16, Scarlett Joe Hansen. Schubert, what you got at uh, number 15? Um, real quick before I say 15, you know, as a person who put Uma Thurman on their list, you should check out Dangerous Liaisons. She's, she does a really good job in that movie. All right, I'm going to have to peep game. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about more of that later. But anyway, 15, I have Natalie Portman. You're, you're 18. Nice. Okay. Dope. dope yeah. Dope, so dope. for Natalie, you know, it was hard to put her in Scarlet. They kind of have similar careers. Uh, I felt like where Natalie Portman succeeds is that she does have that Oscar win for she Black does. Swan. So that's why I give her the credit for um, and some of her 90s kid stuff. She did a really good job. You know, she's in Heat. Um, she she's is. in. She plays a big role in the movie Mars Attacks. Then she you know, gets her breakout as being a Padme. Um and then just starts rolling from there, getting roles in like Closer, Beaver Vendetta, uh, of course, Black Swan, mm-hmm. uh, No Strings Attached was a rom-com bag. And now she's in the Thor franchise going to be, well, she is Jane Foster soon to be the female Thor. Mm-hmm. Like so. it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, oh, and she was Jackie. Sorry. In the she Jackie she was Jackie. Oh, yep. No, you're right. Okay. So for me at number 15, this is where I go, Margot Rob- Margo Robbie. Margot Robbie right. came in and threw a wrench in the game when she came in and did Wolf of Wall Street. I know she has a small career, but when you look at Margot Robbie's career, 
Wolf of Wall Street, Focus, The Big Short, Whiskey Tango, Tango Foxtrot, Australian Psycho, Suicide Squad, Itanya, um, and then uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Mary Queen of Scots, all great, great work. She has shown she is a amazing actress. She has a big time franchise. And this is me betting on the future. Margot Robbie will become one of the biggest actresses of all time when it's all said and done. She is on the pathway to killing it. And when you look at her upcoming movies with Suicide Squad, going to be another hit. Babylon, which is going to be a big hit with Brad Pitt, where it's the uh, set in the uh, period piece in Hollywood. And then the untitled David O. Russell movie with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, John David Washington, Christian Bell, Robert De Niro. Like, that's going to be a big, big movie. Margot Robbie is one of the best actresses in Hollywood today. And to me, she had to be on this list. And I got her at number 15. Yeah, I think, but you know, me having her at 20 and you having her at 15, I think it's one of those names that we have on our list that we flip flopped with, with, you know, our, with our, with our bottom portion. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that our placement on Margot Robbie is that she definitely deserves to be in a, in a, in like a middle tier part of the list. Uh, because eventually she will be in the, in the 10, maybe five. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. All right, so who you got um, at 14? 14, I have Jodie Foster. Nice. I Do I have Jodie Foster high, uh, higher? I do, I, but I not by you much. Do. I do, but not by much. Uh, so Jodie Foster, best known for her roles in Taxi Driver, Silence of the Great. Lambs, Great. two-time Oscar winner. Um, those came for The Accused in Silence of the Lambs. She was also nominated for Taxi Driver and the movie called Nell. Um, to be a kid she, and do what she did in Taxi Driver and then continue her career and not have any blemishes, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, her uh, 70s career was Taxi Driver, and then she was in the movie Bugsy Malone, which got really good critical acclaim. She's in the original Freaky Friday, um, then gets into the 80s where it kind of fizzles out a little bit like you know her main movies that she comes after all of that is like the accused um and then silence of the lambs in 91 uh then she does all sorts of different different things like nell and contact and panic room in 2002 but then it kind of falls off for her a little bit so like that's where i have her at where she's at at 14 i felt like um she had such a strong she has she has some really big iconic roles but it's more of like a what have you done for me lately kind of deal with Jodie Foster. It's like she could she could really still be in the game, but she's not. And there's just like a, a lot left to be desired from Jodie Foster. But she is an iconic actress, an all-timer. Especially when we were growing up, I felt like she was one of those that was um, the biggest in Hollywood at the time. So That's a fact. That's a fact. All right, for me, at number uh, 14, this is, again, me projecting as well, but she's incredible. Lupita Nyong'o, I understand she doesn't have as many roles, but the role she has, she is one of the best people on the screen, if not one of the best people in the entire movie, and her acting performances are some of the best we've seen in recent memory. She will definitely go down as a top 10 actress when it's all said and done because the pedigree is there and the quality is there. When you look at 12 Years a Slave, uh, what she did in uh, Queen of uh, Cotway, when you look at what she did in Us, all three amazing, amazing She was the movies. best part of Us. She she killed Us. She was amazing in Us. Then she's Maz Kanata doing voice actress. 
they underused her in that. They underused her uh, bad. Un- underused her in, in the Jungle Book, but what she did in Black Panther is Nakaya is great, and I'm sure she's gonna get an even bigger role in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. But to me, the reason why she's at 14 is for the roles of 12 Years a Slave, Queen of Cotway, and Us. If you watch Us and you can't tell me that Lupita Nyong'o does not absolutely keep you mesmerized the entire time you're looking at the screen, you're lying, because I did not like the movie Us, but what I did love was what Lupita Nyong'o was doing. For sure. Like, that's the only redeeming quality of that movie is Lupita Nyong'o's performance. Yep. Um, sure. I, I just don't think that from what she has, I haven't seen 12 Years a Slave, which is on my list. So I probably See, will be on my watch that, soon. That those two, 12 Years a Slave and Queen of Catway, if you put that with us, that's what made her go there because she doesn't have the resume, but the acting skills are better than a shit. The acting skills are better than a lot of the people I've said before on this list. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, so we're now into 13. Yep. I believe you put my 13 and 12 together. Okay. Um, but I put them separate. Uh, so at 13, I have Helen Mirren. Ah, nice. Um, and I, I'm more so catching a lot of Helen Mirren stuff now, uh, now that I'm going through a lot of the older movies. Um, but I felt like what was good about Helen Mirren is that she kind of finds a way to be in almost everything. Um, she kills uh, t- TV and movie related and, and everything that she does. She does a pretty damn good job. Uh, she's also an, an Oscar winner. She won her Oscar for the queen in 2006, four time nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of our movies are just movies that we don't talk about much on this podcast because they're just, uh, real dramatic. Yeah. Not, not our, not our go-to movies. All right, for me, next up at um, 13, I have the woman who changed action movies for every woman after her. And I think when it comes to these lists, impact has to be taken in consideration. And this woman's impact, you do not get a Margot Robbie being uh, um, Harley Quinn. You do not get a... um, uh, Charlize Theron doing what she does in Atomic Blonde. You do not get Carrie Fisher... Uh, being well, Carrie Fisher also played a part in this with Star Wars, but I have Sigourney Weaver at number um at number thirteen. What she did as Ripley changed the game. She showed that women can be action action actresses, and she's absolutely incredible. Not only does she has Ripley, she Working Girl, which was a big movie, she was Oscar nominated for as well. She also was in um I'm trying to go to her earlier work. Holes. Holes, incredible, which, you know, big movie for us. She was in uh, Ghostbusters. She was in Living the Year of Living Dangerously. She was in Copycat, like I said, Alien. Copycat. Galaxy Amazing. Quest. Um, Galaxy Quest. Really Galaxy good one Quest. Too. Great movie. Um, she was also in some recent stuff Vantage Point, Baby Mama, Wally. Um, just doing voice actor. And then she was an avatar. So to me, impact is what puts Sigourney Reaver at this spot, because without her, we, I don't know if we see a lot of these women doing action roles. She changed the game for them with Ripley. She really did. And that's why I really want you to see alien resurrection because I'm gonna check it out. What she did for that character is completely different than the other three movies, because it's a different characterization, but it does have a lot of payoff for what she has gone through before. 
Okay. Um, it, it, it was like I said in my review on Letterboxd, like I felt like the movie itself is not great, but the Ripley's performance and Shikorni Weaver's performance and the direction of her story is very, very good. Very good stuff. Mm. Um, so I'm, I, I, I would have probably wanted to move Sigourney Weaver up, Sigourney Weaver up from 18 based upon after seeing that movie. So I'm cool with where you put her at 13. Had, had to put her 13 because literally Star Wars comes out in 1977 with Carrie Fisher and then Ripley comes out in 19, Alien comes out in 1979. Those two women made it to where they, and let me, let me give credit to, um, Terminator lady, um, uh, Sarah gosh. Connor, uh, fuck, how am I blanking on her name right now? Oh, um, if, if, if we, if you want to, I'm about to get Linda it. Hamilton, Linda Hamilton, yeah, those three women changed the game for action actresses and birthed the lane for women to be more than just dramatic things. And we say this every week we need to start giving women more roles because doing this list has shown us that the way women have been given roles has just not been fair. The disparity well, has just has been whack. And, and what you can, you end up seeing is that a lot of those major roles ended up going to Meryl Streep. Yeah. Mirren, yeah. Or to my number 13, Glenn Close. Mm, I, that's a mistake of mine. Not putting Glenn Close on the list. I'm going to be honest. I thought you were going to put her and Mirren in the same. No, I put her, I put Dame Judy Dench and Helen Mirren in the same. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. So, I have Glenn Close at 13. Um, I'm starting to catch a lot more of her work now that I'm going through past movies. Um, like I said, Dangerous Liaisons, the 1988 movie with her, John Malkovich, Michelle Pfeiffer, Keanu Reeves, and Uma Thurman. It's a must watch. Very, very phenomenal movie. I believe it was Oscar nominated. Um, and I think. I think Glenn Close won an Oscar for it. Mm, it was, okay. uh, it was uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I got it pulled up right here. There were three Oscar winners. Oh, okay, so no, she was nominated for the leading role and Michelle Pfeiffer was nominated for supporting, but it was also nominated for Best Picture. But yeah, so Dangerous Liaison is good, especially if you're a fan of Michelle Pfeiffer, Glenn Close, or Uma Thurman. They all do a phenomenal job. Um, she was in the movie Reversal of Fortune. Um, with Jeremy Irons playing uh, his really crazy wife um, who ends up getting killed. And they, Jeremy, everyone thinks Jeremy Irons did it based on a true story. It's a good movie. Uh, you know, she's in the movie Hook. She uh, plays Corella DeVille in 101 Dalmatians, 102 Dalmatians. Um, she uh, was recently in Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, so she's she's still doing stuff now, um, even though she was in some pretty bad stuff in the middle of, of that. But, you know, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy as Nova Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, did some television work on The Shield. Uh, so, you know, she, she's been up and around everything, but that we're talking about stretches of, of, uh, of good stretches, like her 1988 to 1992-94 is pretty strong. Nice. Okay, so for me, at number 12, I'm going Jane Fonda, the legend Jane Fonda. I grew to love her with my girlfriend watching Grace and Frankie, which thus Mm. made me check out all her roles. But movies like Clute from 1971, which is basically a quintessential 
Fonda performance. It's Alan J. Palooka's psychological thriller. Absolutely amazing. Then you have Coming Home, which won her her second Oscar, which is basically a uh, she's uh, a it tied up her activities as an anti-Vietnam war campaigner. She plays the li- the wife of a U.S. Marine Corps, uh, Bruce Dern, who leaves for the service in Vietnam, left behind. She finds volunteer work in a veteran's hospital and befriends a wheelchair user played by John Voight in a great, great movie. You see her in things like Nine to Five. You see her in things like Letter to Jane. You see her in things like California Sweet. They shoot horses, don't they? When Schubert was like, last time with the actors, he was like, yo, you put a lot of old school actors in, in your movies because I watch a lot of older movies. But when it came to the actresses, I felt bad that I didn't know as many older ones, but I I made sure that I knew some. And Jane Fonda is one of them. Oscar winning Jane Fonda. She showed she could do comedy, uh, drama. She can do it all. And plus, on top of that, the impact is huge from her. So I got Jane Fonda at number 12. Yeah, Jane Fonda doesn't make the list, but she's for me because. But that's a good one. You know, definitely has a rich history. Two-time Oscar winner uh, for her roles in Coming Home and uh, Flute. So yep. I should need to. I need to check out some of her stuff. Honestly, it's great. Clute's amazing. Uh, so yeah, we're at eleven now. Yep. Yeah, I miss said Friggling Close. She was twelve. Um, eleven for me is someone you've already mentioned. I think. Or maybe have we'll mention later, but Tilda Swinton. Ah, that's a big punt. That's a big punt. Tilda's incredible. When it comes to modern day actresses, Tilda's the best. (laughs) See, like besides like Amy Adams, I'm now starting to catch some Tilda Swinton work because I just saw Michael Clayton. Amazing, bro! When she's sitting in that mirror and she's like rehearsing her speech to herself, that's what that is a great one. Uh, for people, you know, it's not a, that great of a movie, but The Dead Don't Die, she plays a pretty cool role in that movie. She does. Um, you know, she's the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Yep. Um, you know, there's movies on here like Moonrise Kingdom. I'm sure she does really great in that, but I've never seen Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, she was in the Constantine movie. Uh, Vanilla Sky is another movie that's on my list that she's in. Yeah, and Vanilla but- Sky is great. Uh, but other than that, it's just like I haven't really seen a lot of this work that she's been in. Um, but I do feel like she's deserving of being, you know, around the top 10, you know, mm-hmm. give or give or take um, some of, you know, who my nine, my 10, nine and eight, which we'll talk about next week. But I felt like she was deserved to be right around that group. Um, Burn After Reading, another movie that she was good in. Yeah, she is great in Burn After Reading. She is 100% great. I love Tilda Swinton. That's a that's a big punt. I'm going to just be honest with with your boy. I got to be honest. That's a that's a huge punt. I'm just making sure cuz I accidentally pressed delete on something. So I'm just making sure my list is intact cuz I accidentally pressed uh-huh. uh pressed delete. But oh, but we're okay. All right, so at number 12, this is probably a punt for you, Julia Roberts. So, so at number at 11. Tw- yeah, that's what I was saying. So Yeah, number 11, Julia Ro- Julia Roberts. No, we're Not at 12. Aren't we at 12? Uh, I've said Natalie Portman, Jodie Foster, Helen Mirren, Glenn Close, and Tilda Swinton. That's five. Okay, so I said Margot Roby, Lupita Nyong'o, Sigourney Weaver, Jane Fonda. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, this is 12. Julia Roberts, I was right. Okay, so 12, Julia Roberts, Pretty, pretty Woman, uh, Aaron Brockovich, Closer, My Best Friend's Wedding, 
She is the quintessential rom-com actress. That is what she's known for. And that's the reason why I have her so low, because the arguments we made for Tom, uh, Tom Hanks being low, Julia Roberts is very one note. My pushback would be Aaron Brockovich, her Oscar winning performance. True. My pushback would be the Pelican Brief, a movie that you talk very highly of that she does a really good job in. You love the Pelican Brief. Um, but those are two movies, but I get what you're saying. Those are diversity, but besides those two movies, it's rom-coms. For the most part, yeah. So, but I love her. She's incredible. Like you said, Oscar winning Aaron Brockovich. She is one of the best actresses when it the comes to movies. when it comes to like well-known faces. She's one of the most popular actresses of all time. Like it's Julia yeah, like Roberts. When, yeah, when we were growing up, or you know, because that was when she was kind of in the heat. Uh, two thousand when Aaron Brockovich is her Oscar win. So then, you know, then she's in Ocean's Eleven and Charlie Wilson's so, War. Charlie Wilson's War, Mona Lisa Smile, Closer. Like we were hearing her name all all over the all place the time, when we were yeah. kids. She was. Um, and, she. I thought she was bigger than what she was. Like I thought she exact, was yeah. way bigger mm-hmm. than what she was growing up. Like when I was doing this research, I'm like, wait. All of her hits were in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. What the hell? I thought Julia Roberts was like, uh, I thought Julia Roberts was Meryl Streep level. Like that, like growing yeah. up, mm-hmm. I definitely did. Like I thought she was like Tilda Swinton, Charlize, Th- like uh Kate Blanchett, uh Kate Winslet. I thought she was on their level, but she is just under them. Just under them, yeah. So yeah, I think 12 so. is a good spot for. Her. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about her next week because uh, you have her in the next bunch. Then not too far away. Okay, real. So. All right, let's repeat our sixteen through twelve. Uh, I had Natalie Portman at fifteen, uh, Jodie Foster at fourteen, Helen Mirren at thirteen, Glenn Close at twelve, and Tilda Swinton at eleven. Okay, uh, fifteen. I had. Oh, yeah, my thing did get messed up. Okay, that's why I keep saying the wrong things. 15, I did have uh, Margot Robbie. 14, Lupita Nyong'o. 13, Sigourney Weaver. 12, Jane Fonda. 11, Julia uh, Roberts. All right. All right. So next week, we'll uh, get into the top 10. We'll go 10 through 6. We'll start getting into our our bigger names, and you'll figure out my... uh, we haven't said yet who might be in our top five i believe we'll probably have i would say probably four names are are in our top five will probably be the same from my guess yeah definitely um it's pretty it's pretty clear who's up at top uh, yeah pretty much yeah i mean i think our top two are pretty much dead set yeah so all right dope all right i'm excited for this so that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, next week, don't not sure what we'll get into yet. No, next week, actually... no, we know you watched it. We're doing it. We're doing next week's our Oscar week. Okay. All right. Well, I I did watch Nomadland. So yeah, and he didn't tell um, me. So we were supposed to. We were going to review it this week, but it, it works better for next week as we're getting into the top of the list. We're doing Oscar week next week. We're going to review the Oscar movies, Nomadland and Sound of Metal. All right. Um, like we mentioned earlier on, Lyndon and I both are recent, uh, join, uh, or we both recently joined letterbox. I love it. If, uh, it's a free serve service to use and go on there to, uh, uh rate, review, review movies, movies find out what other people reviews. think about yeah. their rates and reviews. Um, it reminds me of Facebook and Tumblr mixed together. 
And you can make lists. Um, like I have a list right now for people that I, that's going to be like my list for like, if anybody wants to know best anime movies and I'm going to have them all rated and stuff. That's something I'm trying to finish by the end of the week. Yeah. I'm probably going to move because on my watch list right now, I have all the movies that are on the streaming services that I have left to watch on my list. Okay. So I mean, if you want to go and see that and see what's left up on the docket for me, oh, that's on there. That. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's all, all of them because there are a few that like, I don't want people to know that I haven't seen yet. Okay. <laughs> just, just a couple. <laughs> well, um, that's pretty much it this week, huh, Shumi? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I definitely would tell people to go check us out on Letterboxd and uh, to check out everything that's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. What do we have going on this week? Yes, sir. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of the Bros Who Think podcast. Really, really great episode. Like one of our better episodes. Mm -hmm. And it's just us talking, me and Schubert talking sports and Doom in Brooklyn and me in the beginning had a great religion conversation. Really funny episode, but really thoughtful episode as well. Uh, Also, a new One Piece review is out this week. Check that out. Uh, The latest episode of Never Less Than Ill. If you are a big Crit fan, we sat down with his touring DJ, DJ Wally Sparks. It's an incredible episode. That's out. Um, Also, um, yeah, it's pretty much all the stuff that's out this week. On but, those who think next next week, are you guys going to touch on the Chappelle Rogan interview? Definitely will. Definitely will. That's gonna did be- you hear about what he said about Idris Elba? <laughs> Wait, what did he say about Idris Elba? He said, oh, yeah, Idris Elba, he, was, he used to be a bouncer at some comedy club I worked in New York. I used to buy weed off him. <laughs> That's awesome. Definitely. I got to rewatch that for us to talk about, but we're definitely talking about that and other stuff. New anime talk out next week, but... um. Also, we're going to do the run it back poll. By the time you guys hear this, the run it back poll will be out. So therefore, the following week, we can do a run it back. And this run it back, this next one, the whole theme is going to be centered around one director. We're doing the Denny Villeneuve run it back. The choices will be Prisoners, Sicario, Blade Runner. And uh, what's the other one we said we're going to do? Prisoners, Sicario. Oh, and Arrival. Yeah, we're not putting enemy on there, even though Schubert loves enemy. We're doing Arrival, Blade Runner, Sicario, and Prisoners is four best movies. So y'all go vote on that tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do. And follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think on YouTube. And remember, May 22nd, the next pitching match, Cash Carbon taking on Christian Hollinger, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific is going down. All right. So every, keep up with everything going on uh, with the network and um, catch us next week when we talk about these Oscar movies. So I hope everyone out there has a great week. And as always, keep binging. <laughs>